This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Late last night, Quebec's contentious secularism bill was voted into law. It bans religious symbols for teachers, police officers, and other public servants in positions of authority. Opposition parties, minority groups, and human rights observers say the law is an affront to personal liberty and it targets religious minorities. The government argues that it affirms the Quebecois people's secular identity. And it's even tougher than originally designed. In a last-minute move, the Legault government announced that it will establish surveillance and disciplinary mechanisms to ensure that the bill is respected. So, what do you think? Is that a good idea? It means a public servant can't wear a cross, can't wear a hijab, can't wear a uh, skull cap, a yarmulke. Um, is that something that is going to help the people of Quebec? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. Right now, we are going to Martin Sampson, Vice President of Communications at the Center for Israel and Jewish Affairs, and Tariq Fatah, founder of the Muslim Canadian Congress. Welcome to you both. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you, Libby. Appreciate you seeking our perspective. Okay, Tariq, let's start with you. What's your What's your perspective on this? Well, fundamentally, it's uh, uh, the first Western government after. Uh, Sarkozy's French government that has uh, had the courage to stand up to um, uh, Islamism uh, and its agenda worldwide. Uh, Most Western countries, including uh, uh, Canada, are drowning in what I label as white guilt, which means anything that is uh, conducted in the name of Islam or Muslims is uh, hands-off. You can't touch it. Nobody can criticize it. Nobody can discuss it. And uh, there's a long history in Quebec uh, with their own problems of the social revolution and the dominance of the Catholic Church over there that was overthrown. So uh, Quebec is a symbol of uh, separation of religion and state. And uh, uh, it's unfortunate that many other religious groups have um, to go along with this, but the main message that I get is sent straight to uh, people like the Quebec Council of Imams and uh, the many other Muslim Brotherhood groups that are thriving in Ottawa, in Parliament, in uh, Queen's Park, in Toronto. They've infiltrated almost every other place in society where uh, freedom of speech and freedom of uh, expression has been snuffed out. So if the Quebec government is one where uh, uh, which takes on this force, uh, although in a, in a way that affects a whole lot of other people, uh, I would say hats off to you. 
uh, we are living in a society where, uh, uh, where I live, in my neighborhood, in downtown Toronto, where there are uh, five-year-old girls being forced into a hijab, uh, where daughters cannot leave their homes in, in the region park area unless they are covered uh, from head to toe. And the men basically, uh, as cowards, you put forward women to face the brunt of this and say that if you don't cover your head, you will burn in hell. Now, in the 21st century, if someone's going to burn in hell because their head's not covered or the face is not covered, uh, what are we going back okay, to the 12th? Okay, Tarek, let's get Martin Sampson's perspective. Martin, uh, you're very disappointed in this law. We are indeed. The Jewish community in Quebec and, frankly, across the country is profoundly disappointed with the adoption of Bill 21. We, of course, strongly support religious neutrality of the state, but we believe that secularism of the state is an institutional duty, not a personal one, and the commitment to secularism does not rest on the outward appearance of individuals. So we believe that this is uh, heavy-handed, unnecessary, and that there are all sorts of problems with the law that are certainly going to play out as they attempt to implement the law. So yes, bottom line is we are disappointed and we think that this is um, trampling on the religious freedom of the citizens of Quebec. Okay, a couple of points I'd like to make. So, uh, for instance, in Quebec, there are many female teachers who wear the hijab and it's grandfathered. They are allowed to continue wearing the hijab if they have done so in the past at their schools. But if they change jobs and go to another school, they can't. Uh, so it's it's a sort of a, a strange way of applying the law. There are a couple of school. Just a minute. There are a couple of school boards who have said they will not enforce the law. Uh, before we hear from Tarek again, Martin, do you agree uh, that this is something that is targeted against, uh, that is targeting uh, Muslim extremism, or is it just targeting all religion? Well, our perspective is, of course, the perspective of the Jewish community, so I'll restrict my comments to that. With respect to the grandfather clause, it, of course, also uh, has the potential to benefit um, uh, uh, Jewish Quebecers, um, though we don't think it went far enough. We think that, uh, that the individual should be protected and not the role, meaning that if an individual moves within the public sector, then they can lose, um, that, uh, they can lose that, that right to continue to wear, um, the religious symbol. So in some sense, we take some comfort from it, but we don't think it went far enough. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's take a call from Lori. Hi, Lori. Hi. I am very interested in this because I actually am studying world religions at university right now. Okay. And I find this very interesting because there's an historical um, aspect to it where Quebec has always seen itself as separate and rarely seen itself as part of Canada. And it aligns itself with France. So there's this uh, political sense of neutrality and definitely an absence of religion in any government-controlled employment. 
Um, okay, thanks for that. Well, of course, uh, Quebec. Point and uh, which is uh, why most of Canada wants to duck the issue. The hijab is the political flag of the Muslim Brotherhood. It doesn't exist in the Quran. It doesn't exist in Islamic societies. I never heard the word. I lived 30 years in Pakistan. It is an enforcement of Saudi Arabia and Egyptian Muslim Brotherhood forcing young girls to be, to mark out territory. Where in the world did this come out that a woman had to have a head wrapped simply to be pious? That discussion can't take place. Why can't it take place? Why is there M103 that says that anyone who addresses this issue will now be charged for Islamophobia? Well, uh, I, why, why should uh, people be prevented from wearing a hijab when I lived then, in... Then, then let's not fight the KKK. Then let's allow it. Let, let us allow the worst aspect of society in fascism that has happened... Today, we are not even aware that half a million people in, uh, in Syria are dead because of the people who brought on the hijab. We have not heard how the Muslim Brotherhood uh, allied itself with the Nazis. Are we not? Are we become blind to all these facts? I come, I was born in uh, Pakistan. I lived 10 years in Saudi Arabia. I saw the horror that is committed to women. And now I see this in the neighborhoods. Of but I'm, I'm not sure how that's how that how is that perpetuated in Quebec. Let's take a call from William in Toronto. Hi, William. Hi, Liv. Um, your your guest and your caller is providing a lot of interesting insight here that I didn't know about. I, I'll add my perspective. Uh, I think it has to do with assimilate, assimilating and integrating into Canadian culture. Uh, and the headgear for for Muslim is not Canadian culture, and you have to have respect. What about a cross? What about a cross? That's it, certainly uh, old Quebec, yeah. It's religious, so uh, you can practice your religion wherever, you, uh, over there somewhere, and uh, when you're finished, come out into society, and let's work together to make Canada a better place. Yeah, but certain so, certain religions, uh, let's say if you're uh, devout in the Sikh religions, there are certain things that you are supposed to wear all the time, like a turban if you're a man, you're supposed to cover your hair, you're supposed okay, to wear a bracelet. So, so that's my point. You have to assimilate and integrate into Canadian society, and you have to leave those things behind to be Canadian. Otherwise, you, you need respect for the country that has given you full Canadian citizenship. But you're you've never... your country and you're coming here to be Canadian, so... A lot uh, of people are born for, here. And a lot of, a lot of these people are, are born here and we've always had it's religious fine. freedom. It's fine. You can have your freedom uh, and practice your religion uh, in your own time, in your own area. But, but don't try to shove it down everyone else's throat. I'm not interested in Sharia law. It means nothing to me, but it means something to other people. So uh, um, keep it to yourself. Practice your religion. Keep your heritage. But also uh, work with uh, uh, work in Canada to make Canada a better place. Bring all your good okay. things with you and leave all your garbage behind. Okay. A couple of things there that I find interesting. You're assuming that people come from other places. There are religious people who are born right here. 
uh, and they they have had they've grown up with the freedom to wear their religious symbols. Now in Quebec, there's a big history of the Catholic Church rebellion against the Catholic Church. But uh, Martin Sampson, uh, is that uh, what do you think of that? That people are saying you're coming to this country, you have to assimilate. But but this involves a lot of people who are born and bred Canadians, right? Absolutely. It, uh, it impacts uh, all, uh, reli- uh, all religions in the country. Um, and I think that if we want to talk about Canadian culture, there's no greater expression of Canadian culture than the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And our argument on this is that this law violates the, the Charter. Um, we're very concerned that the notwithstanding clause was included, and we, again, don't believe that there's any evidence whatsoever to suggest that the secularity of Quebec was, uh, you know, under such a threat that would demand extraordinary measures such as the notwithstanding clause. Uh, and again, you know, we strongly support the secularism of the state, but the secularism of the state is uh, is not an individual responsibility. It certainly does not rest on the outward appearance of individuals. There's no evidence whatsoever to suggest um, that the individuals who will be impacted by this ban have demonstrated any partiality whatsoever in the exercise of their professional duties. So we think it's misguided. We're deeply disappointed in it. Um, and we think that, uh, that uh, it undermines core Charter freedoms. Now, Tarek, you you believe that this targets extreme Islam, but what about other people? No, 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 I don't say that. My point is that every Muslim woman who went to join ISIS, hundreds of them from Canada, everyone Mm, was a hijabi. No, everyone was a hijabi. Not a single non-hijabi went to fight there. Okay. Number two, it has got nothing to do with religion. Number three, I'm talking about people of the other religion. Is it fair that this no, law... No, I'm a Muslim. I'm talking about the issue. The problem is that the rest of Canada and many of the talking heads do not think that some of us are be considered Number top Muslim official in Quebec who was the deputy speaker of the Quebec National Assembly, Ms. Fatma Huda Pepin, and the entire North African Muslim society all of them endorsed this, that this was correct, because we are not blind and we can see what's coming ahead of it. Did, did, uh, I mean, this blindness is so pervasive that in 2005, when we in Ontario were fighting against Sharia law, we had the Canadian Jewish uh, Congress supporting the jihadis. I, I don't. How is this about? This is not about Sharia law. This is. It about, is about Sharia law. What else is it about? It's what about is, a head covering. Head covering. It is Sharia law. It is not in the Quran. These are man-made laws. Right. What does it do? For goodness' sake, in India, seventy percent of the Sikhs don't wear a turban. Right, I mean, but those is, those who do should be allowed to do so. No. Uh, not in the public domain, not in the public. They can do that. They can do in the private sector, wherever they are. If the government of Quebec is to be represented, I don't want to see someone portraying Catholicism, Judaism, or Islam, or Hinduism, or Sikhism. To me, it should not be written on anyone's face who they are. We are dealing with human beings. One human being to another human being, a civil servant to a citizen. 
Why do I have to look at someone and say, oh, and you know it, people are scared to criticize anything that is Islamist. We had 14 gold bars stolen from Toronto. Uh, 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 people exonerated of crimes committed in the name of Sharia banking, okay. and not a single newspaper could report it. Tariq, we are starting to run out of time on this. Thank you very much. Okay. okay, hang on. And uh, Martin Sampson, what would you like to leave us with on this? I would like to leave us with the thought uh, that the core of the issue is really around religious freedoms. Religious freedoms are protected in the Charter. Um, there is no indication whatsoever that the individuals impacted by this ban have in any way had you know, their ability to deliver on their duties uh, impacted because they wear religious symbols. Um, it, it, we think it's heavy-handed, and we think it's going to be impossible to enforce because it's so vague. So we're going to be watching very, very closely as it's implemented. Um, we will be determining our course of action based on that implementation, and I can tell you that we will certainly be challenging the notwithstanding clause when it expires and calling for a thorough review of this law uh, at that time. Well, I, I mean, if, if they invoke the notwithstanding clause, how can you uh, challenge that? The notwithstanding clause expires after a period, and at that time we will definitely be registering our concerns and, as I said, calling for a thorough review of this. There may be other steps that we take in the meantime, depending on how it's implemented, but it's too soon. Uh, but we will be watching very, very closely and registering our community's concerns, as we have done throughout this process with the government. Um, we will be registering our community's concerns with the hope of, uh, of making the necessary changes. Okay. Thank you so much, Martin Sampson, Vice President of Communications at the CIJA, the Center for Israel and Jewish Affairs, and Tarek Fatah, founder of the Muslim Canadian Congress. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.